0: Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants Reporter. Do we have anything to talk about this time of the year? Is there anything going on? Aside from, you know, trading the transcendent wide receiver, Odell Beckham, gone? And it's one thing we sat there and we talked about it and it was just rumors and hung around, but it's another thing for it to actually go down. And it makes, it leaves you wondering, like, why is the first question? What does it mean, they're rebuilding, and where did it all go wrong? Seriously, you have this guy who's a -a once-in-a-lifetime get with the 12th pick, basically, and all of a sudden, he's on the Cleveland Browns. And for what? The 17th overall pick? Uh... Former first-round safety from a couple of years ago in Jabril Peppers. And a third-round pick. Is that enough? We'll get into that in a few minutes. But let me start out with this, okay? The Giants are now a team in complete transition. And you could trace this back to the day they benched Eli Manning. Then they didn't fill the quarterback spot. And then... They went 5-11 and 11, and everything continued to go poorly and it led to the unthinkable, which at this point is moving on from Odell Beckham Jr. and not being able to make it work. And we're going to find out if this is a product of the Giants just being so woefully mismanaged and run that they couldn't make it work with Odell Beckham Jr., Missing just a major opportunity to build something special here with him on the roster, or if he's just that hard to contain that it's not going to work. But we're going to see. If he's having success in in Cleveland, you're going to be banging your head saying, man, this organization messed up. And this is the way I think it's going to go. And they're going to say, look at the success they're having. They're doing really well because look at the pieces they have in Cleveland. Young pieces. Offensive weapons. His buddy Jarvis Landry. Running back position. Stacked. Baker Mayfield, who set the NFL record for touchdown passes for a rookie quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of promise in Cleveland. And we're going to sit there and look at it and say... Man, they botched it. They were just making wrong decision after wrong decision. Their roster wasn't good enough. And they never moved on from Eli Manning. And look what happened now. It basically drove them to the point where they got rid of the best player on their team. And yes, he's the best player on their team. Okay? Saquon Barkley's close second. But Odell Beckham, to me, is the best player on their team. And they didn't make it work. If they had moved on from the quarterback or they built enough a good enough team around them, I don't think we would be at this point. But that's where we are. We're at the point where the Giants missed an opportunity last year to rebuild when they should have. We all know that. And if you don't, you just not you just refuse to pay attention. New coach, new GM, three and thirteen, a thirty seven year old quarterback. The number two overall pick. That was the time to rebuild. You could blame it on ownership. You could blame it on Dave Gettleman. They both probably deserve plenty of blame. But the bottom line is they botched that to degree that they're in a position now where they had to go about getting rid of Odell Beckham Jr. And they're going to say, and, and I mean, you're going to hear, and you're going, and it's true. He was too much of a distraction for them. But I don't think we would have gotten to this point if this team was headed in the right direction. If they had another quarterback in there, right, let's say they draft Sam Darnold, hypothetical, last year, right now we'd all be sitting here and we'd be going, Man, think about the potential of this offense with this young quarterback and all these weapons, including Odell Beckham Jr., and it traces back to that day, last uh, t- uh, no two years ago, when they benched Eli Manning. And the uproar was created because it was Geno Smith that came in. And Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese and Mark Ross and the people that were in charge at the time, they were ready to move on. They knew the organization needed to go to that next level at the quarterback position. And that would signal them turning over a new leaf. And right now, if that happened, there would likely be optimism. They may have gotten plenty of things wrong along the way. And they may ultimately have deserved their fate, which is them losing their jobs, because this is a results-driven business. But when it came to the biggest decision that they had to make, they were ready to make it. And now, the Giants are just keep paying for their sins. Just keep paying for them. They didn't do it last year. They had another opportunity to go and move on and send this organization in the right direction, which is the rebuild that desperately needed. They passed. They tried to make it work. They drafted Saquon. They traded for Alec Ogletree. They signed Jonathan Stewart and Patrick Omame, the veterans. They went that route. They went 5-11. and And in the end, we're going to look at it as the direct result of those decisions made in the past and made last year. It's not just Dave Gettleman, what he did last year. I mean, it stretches back further. You know, the the personnel decision mistakes, and that's, like I said, why people like Jerry Reese and Mark Ross were ultimately fired. All those things have led us to this point where Odell Beckham's not on the team, Neither is Landon Collins, arguably two of the three, four best players on the roster. There was a list, I remember. Top 25, under 25. We do it every year. ESPN does it every year. Right? That list comes out. Top 25, under 25. And Odell and Landon Shepard, uh, Landon Shepard, and Landon Collins were on it a couple years ago, and the Giants' future looked bright. These are guys that could build around. And two years later, we're sitting here and neither of them on the roster and Eli Manning somehow is. And I'm not this isn't even Eli's fault. I'm not blaming Eli Manning for this. I'm blaming the people in charge who got the Giants through really a series of faulty moves got the Giants into this position. It was multiple regimes. You can't put it on one person. But this is where they are as a franchise. And it's, honestly, it's not that promising. Now, I will say this about the direction the organization is going. Then we'll get to our guest here, our first guest. The Giants are now in a rebuild. And at this point, I don't completely... that The situation that they got themselves in right now, I don't completely disagree with them getting rid of Odell. I understand it. And Collins. I understand it. They need to rebuild. They were going to have to rebuild. And now because they didn't do it last year, they realized we have to do it this year. And now they got to pay the price for that, which means 16 million in dead money for Odell's contract, right? They paid 21 and a half million for one year. Landon Collins, he's gone. Hopefully, likely getting that third-round compensatory pick for him last year loading up on draft picks that's where the Giants are they're rebuilding and I'm fine with that now I'm sitting here complaining about the sins of the past that's what you should be mad at you should be mad at Giants ownership Giants brass for putting themselves in this position and even when they did that because they put themselves in this position, they don't, they're do not not even getting gra- back great value for these guys, right? Now, the Giants, this is an important part of this deal. The Giants look at this and say, we got a first round pick, number 17 overall, and they were insistent, Jabril Peppers be added into this deal. Because they view him, they rank him and evaluate him probably... Higher than most of us do. They see this. Pro Bowl safety. Of basically count him as a first round pick. Maybe you know. A little less because he already. Exhausted two years of his first round pick. Status. And that's really what makes. The first round pick so valuable. Is they have. Four. Five years. At respectable prices. And it's sort of like. a, A value. Thing. Right. And. Asset management. So, first round pick comes at such a great price. Plus, if they can play at a high level, they become that much more valuable. So, they almost view they view Jabril Peppers at that level. So, in their mind, they pretty much got two first round picks or close to it in the number seventeen overall pick and Jabril Peppers plus a third round pick for Odell. But if the Giants were in a better bargaining position and a better, if they had more time. If they could wait, then to me, they would have been able to get more. You know, maybe if they could drag this out, maybe if they could drag it out to the draft time, they can then go and try and extract the second overall pick from the 49ers. Maybe somebody gets desperate enough where you really get that haul that you're looking for. Because to me, I wouldn't want to do it unless I got that monster, monster haul. And with Landon Collins, the part that has upset me all along, and I get the decision to let him go, he's a box safety, blah, 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 everything about it. Again, the business part of it. It just doesn't seem like a good way of doing business. Is waiting this long, and then hoping you get a compensatory pick. You wanna maximize your value. You Gotta get ahead of these things. Instead, the Giants are behind it. They've traded Odell one year after assigning him to a 90 plus million dollar deal. How is that good business? And that should be your concern with the Giants organization right now. They're not operating business-wise very well. And that leaves you with the question, what gives you confidence in Dave Gettleman and ownership, John Mara, Steve Tisch, Chris Mara, whatever? What gives you confidence in this crew that they're the people to fix it? I don't know how you get there right now. I really don't. I don't know how you could sit back and say, yep, Dave Gettleman's got it under control. We're all good. Not a problem here. Don't worry. We're in good hands. I think the best you can be is, I hope it works. I hope he has a plan. I hope it works out. But right now, it's hard to be completely on board. with where, where the Giants are, the direction they're heading, if you could even tell what that is, Because if you do, I need a full explanation. They're not exactly out here on the streets giving full explanations of what the heck is going on around there. Because, to be honest, they're a fledgling franchise that everyone around the league is being like, what the heck is going on? I mean, I'll, I'll share with you some of the texts I received in this next segment in a little bit about what people think of what the Giants are doing. But it's crazy. It's hard to be optimistic right now, fully optimistic. And with that, let's go to our next segment, where we're going to talk to the great Diana Rossini. On to the next one. Let's welcome in our guest here, the great Diana Rossini, ESPN reporter and host, who's been all over free agency, keeps very close tabs on the Giants as well. She's down there a whole bunch with me, knows a lot of people around the organization, so she's She's plugged in for sure, and we're gonna pick her brain here on some very important topics, beginning with Odell Beckham Jr. Diana, how you doing? Well,
1: what happened? What about Odell? Something
0: happened? You know, he's no longer (laughs) he's he's been exiled to to Cleveland. That's what you would have looked at it like two years ago, right? Oh my God, he was sent to Cleveland, and now he's sent to Cleveland. You're like, wow, Cleveland. That could be interesting. It's really quite, they, they almost, it's almost like the Giants and Browns switched spots in the NFL, uh, existence, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy.
1: I'd say either the Giants are the new Browns or the Cardinals are the new Browns. I'm not really sure which organization it seems like they're unsure of what they're doing here. They'll claim they all have a plan, but, um, it seems to be all over the place. You know, at this point, but in terms of what Cleveland's doing, I mean, we're all watching something great get built from the bottom up. And, you know, I think at this point, it's so early, Jordan, to go, all right, go to the Super Bowl. We all know that. But they're putting together a lot of talented guys, whether or not they're going to be able to bring the talent together to form a team. We've seen it in the NBA before. It doesn't always mean – You know, if you have, if you have these great players, it doesn't always mean it's going to work. Uh, you know, you have a lot of strong personalities, a lot of alpha bells, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, obviously we know what what Adele's like. And while that's already, I think, difficult in itself, let's throw on the other layer of a first year head coach in Freddie Kitchen. He's, doesn't have any experience. Forget, let's, even if he's ready for the job, um, there's still so much that comes with it, and anytime you talk to a coach, they'll tell you, my first year as a head coach in the NFL is just a blur because I I was just barely keeping my head above water. Lots of coaches have said that because there's just so much to to balance besides just paying attention to what your unit is. And now he's in charge of everything and has to deal with all these different parts of the organization. So I think they have they, they still have a tall task ahead, but um, they have very little issue when it comes to the actual ability out on the
0: ALA at this point. So you dealt with Odell, right? I mean, that's the question a lot of people are asking me at this point. Because he's gone in part because he's a distraction. There's no doubt about it, okay? He butted heads with Pat Shermer. I've talked about this on multiple occasions last year. Dave Gettleman had his druthers. Probably would have got rid of him last year. But that's part of that's a main part of, part of the reason, but a main part of the reason why Odell is gone. So the question everyone asks me is, What's he like to deal with? You've dealt with him. I mean, I've told my told my stories about him. What what have you? What do you notice when you look at Odell the person, and how, and and think about when you think about Odell as a distraction?
1: Yeah, I, I get that question too, and you know, I, I do think Odell has this ability to chameleon into the environment he's in and around, and um, you know, anytime I, I've dealt with him, he's very respectful he's very kind he's sincere uh i find him to be rather warm um he is very respectful that is word. a good
0: that's a good word because every time you deal with him like even when he doesn't want to do something he doesn't like blow you off in a really nasty way it's, he's he's always never he, he's very he's very cognizant of that he's, he he knows how to when he's dealing with people one on one really make you feel like you're a person like i've i've had people before players no, uh, you know, uh, David Harrison, who basically who refused to pretend that, who pretended like I wasn't standing there at one time, even though I was talking to him. Like Odell would never do that. I've never seen him do something like that. Like he's very respectful. So I think that was a, that was a good word you used there.
1: Yeah, and like, you know, even small little details of things. You know, when you gather around his locker, and you know, there's a million of us. Uh, like sometimes, you know, I can't get in because I'm smaller than some other people, or. Who I got there late, let's say, um, you know, and if I'm, like, kneeling on the ground, like, he'll, he'll still, like, address me. Or, or, you know, one time he, he moved the box so I could have more room around, you know. And and it's just so dumb if you're listening to this and you're not a report. It's like, oh, wow, he moved a chair for you, big deal, or he moved a cleave. Um, But you'd be shocked at how many athletes do not care about you as a journalist. They don't care. They don't like you. They don't want you near them. And they tune you out. You're joking. just oblivious to
0: them. I mean, they they're able to just tune you out as if you're non-existent. That that's what a lot of guys do. I mean, that is just the way it is yeah. inside a locker room.
1: It's like you don't. Sometimes you're just not treated as a human being, and uh, it has never been that way. We did something one time, uh, to this day, it irks me a little bit. Um, I had just started at ESPN covering the NFL, and he agreed to do an interview with me, which kind of shocked I think you and shocked my boss um, that I met the guy one time and I asked him to do it We exchanged phone numbers and he looked at me and was like yeah I'll do it let's do it tomorrow and uh, I got a very expensive camera for ready to go and canceled <laughs> um, and very close to when he was due to come meet up with me so you know that wasn't the best um, interaction I had him to start so I actually went into my relationship with my not good because he burned me and he made me he sort of embarrassed me to be honest in front of our bosses. Right. Because uh, I thought I had this down but So did he make you know, it up
0: to you? Did was he did never he never did. Did he ever say anything about it? He never did. Yeah?
1: Um That's the not I, I so great really, side there. Yeah, that that was but but look, I think the times I've been around him, whether it's out in L.A. or in New York, where I've either run into him or get at the same events as him, you know, he, he, he'll he walk through a crowd if he sees me and come over and shake my hand or you know, sometimes he'll give me a hug and say hello. Like, he knows who I am. It's not bad. And he's polite about it. But I do think there comes a level of stardom with him all the time. And, you know, Giants fans know. We're not talking about a regular guy here. We're talking about a superstar. We're talking about the face of the NFL. Yep. Um, you know, one of the biggest athletes. I mean, he's the one name that you can say and most people know who that is or can recognize his his hair, you know. Um, <laughs> so I think what comes with stardom like that is some narcissism. And we saw it with Tio, uh when he was playing, and I think there's some similar traits there. And I think that's going to be whether it's something he grows out of or at least hopefully surrounds himself with, with, with the right people that continually just helping him grow into a person that can just be talented and and elite while also not being a an distraction and making it about him. You know, um, Jordan, and I reached out to an other East, East head coach um, not long after the trade and asked him specifically what he thought. You know, just hey what's your reaction to all this. And it's funny, you know when you can see somebody uh, typing on over text message, dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sitting it was sitting on it for <laughs> I'm not kidding, like ten minutes. And I thought maybe he was busy or something, you know? And I got a whole big long paragraph back. Um and it was really interesting. and, and it's not anything we haven't heard. But it was basically, look, I don't know the guy. You don't know what happens behind the scenes inside an organization. None of us will, Uh, and none of us do, just as we we don't know what's going on there. He said, but the fact that they got three players out of this, no more headache, um, to me, I think it was a great trade. What people don't understand about players like that—that just want the ball and have issues with the ball and are going to constantly complain about it—you said it becomes just a thorn that you cannot get out, and it creates waves throughout the whole locker room. I'll take a guy that I can coach up and will work hard, and and not saying Odell doesn't, but. Um, that isn't going to give me a headache than the 11 touchdowns that comes with it because it's just not worth it. and it's just hard, so hard for people to get that. And I, I, I believe them. And, and I have to tell you, he's not one of these coaches that when he does share information with me about or give me insight in that situation, does he? Ever, I was surprised he even went in that direction. I thought he would have thought that. How do you get rid of one of the best weapons in in football? But that wasn't it. So th- I think there's there's something to this, Jordan. And you hear the great coaches coach game talk about it just those type of players just cause more problems than expense and they do success
0: and there's also but I look at it also as there's the side of these coaches also have to be able to manage some of these guys like there's a lot of guys in the league that are a pain in the butt but you just you 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 have to find a way to manage them it's your job almost as a coach because to me there's there look there's the the good and the bad that comes with Odell and by bad I'm not Talking about it like illegal, but there's the good and bad. Like, like Bill Belichick brought in Randy Moss, right? And Randy Moss had a lot of baggage with him, right? And he was able to yeah. get the most out of him. So to me as a coach, you have to get to be able to get the most out of him to relate to this guy and get the most out of him while creating the, the least amount of distraction that you can. And I, you know. I think- in a way, the Giants haven't been able to do that. And I was going to ask you, because that was a transition perfectly. You got a, that one text. I mean, I was just going through my text, right? After the trade, I got, seriously, that is nothing in regards to the haul they got back. That's not good. And from someone in the NFC East, I'm so, with like a 18 O's. glad he's gone. Because they hated playing against him. So for me, it was mostly they didn't think the Giants were able to extract enough value. I was wondering, you got that one text from that one coach, but was that well, – how did that compare to – I mean, sure, you got other stuff from other people. How did that compare to oh, yeah. the overall reaction to what you got?
1: The one thing that's funny about free agency is while you're talking about specific teams' business and when you're talking to their people and GMs and assistant scouts, all those guys – um, you're also gossiping and chatting about the other teams, you know, so obviously everyone wanted to talk about it. Everyone was like, oh, you know, what do you think, what do you think? So, you know, just surveying the league um, you know, from from other divisions, I, I got to tell you, it, I didn't get a lot of how could they do this. I, I didn't. I got a lot of uh, this makes sense, they need a fresh start. Um, you know, I had one coach point out, you know, for – for the Giants organization as a whole, you know, they've had a culture set and it seems that they've made um, sort of changes and adjustments to allow him to yeah. see who he is and behave that way. And then once you go there, you can't go back. Right. And it's just like parenting, right? Like, if you let your kid do something, I don't mean, know nothing about that you do, you have a wonderful daughter, but, um, you know, <laughs> you let her do something. That was too. you as
0: a kid, right? Obviously.
1: Right. <laughs> Oh, I, you know, my dad <laughs> tells me story all the time. Is how I used to put my hand on the stove. Like I don't know why I would do that. It's very odd. It Probably explains a lot of me but,
0: Does um, he still he say? Does he still say out. that to you? I mean, you know, could to happen. Could happen. Like you know, to the- tonight. <laughs> it's
1: not funny, Jordan. I know what you're alluding to. That I live at home. Um,
0: <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that was a little cute. jab. That was uncalled for. He's never. Diana's never coming back on my podcast again
1: never for listeners of this podcast which i am a listener um, i live at home for a reason right now And one day you'll find out for it and i'll let you know <laughs> so back to back to the culture though with Adele, I just, you know i don't want to blame tom coughlin but i, I you know him of all people mr disciplinarian um uh, yeah. i i bet you if, if we got to sit with tom he would say i should have done a different I, I should have
0: disciplined him and they, but they were just never able to get it right, and that's why I ultimately, and I talked about this earlier on this show, on this episode. I ultimately think, and when we look back on it, we're going to look back on it as, especially since he's going to Cleveland, a place where they're going to let him be himself, right? I mean, they've already you've already seen it with Baker Mayfield. They're going to let him be himself, and I think they're going to be a really good team going forward. And I, I know I'm not alone in that. And we're going to look back on it as. The Giants just couldn't get out of their own way for this many years and they couldn't move on from their quarterback and they wasted the opportunity to have this amazing player on their roster. And that's just, I don't know, I just look at it like I have this gut and everything I see that it tells me that's that's what we're going to look back at in like three or four years and say about Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants.
1: I'm not ready. I'm not ready to go there. No? I, I, I think I want to see... Look, if Odell went to New England, um, if he went to Pittsburgh, even maybe maybe Green Bay, I would say this can work. I don't think Cleveland has established their identity of who they are yet.
0: Right. To no, definitely not.
1: Set the stage of this is what we do, this is how we do it. And everything I've heard about this is, it, you know, blows me away. Uh I think probably bigger makes it there. that's the two names that I, I I cannot find a person to give me anything bad about them. Uh not that I'm looking for, it, but just it's incredible how respected and, and well liked they both are and obviously there's no connection there, but just in terms right.
0: of the And, league, in, and but, in this league it's you know, it's not hard to get people to dump on people. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty natural. Exactly. It's pretty natural for people. You know they, they dump on everybody. This, the great even great players get dumped on, which is unbelievable. We're sitting here talking about all these warts with Odell Beckham, right? I mean, that's sort of how this this so league and world works.
1: You know, it's funny. I was watching Antonio Brown's press conference on Wednesday and watching him talk, and you know, he did a good job of explaining himself and being a professional. But you know, what? The problems he caused Pittsburgh versus what Odell caused New York, it's just like it's not even close
0: Yeah, in, yeah. in terms
1: of behavior. I mean, there's it's some different. similarities. It's different. You know, but
0: yeah. It's Odell's a unique issue. guy, man. It's really strange. He's one of those guys that's like he's not a bad guy, but there's just stuff that comes along with him, right? And he, it just, it's just—it's a very weird dynamic. He's—he's very—it's a very strange, different guy than anything I've ever covered before. But we got to move forward here, okay? So let's look at the the future of the Giants. We look at the quarterback position, and I heard you mention the other day you didn't expect them to be interested in Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State quarterback, who pretty much everyone in the world has pegged to the Giants at number six in their mock draft. Why? What is it about uh Dwayne Haskins that you don't see working with the Giants?
1: So not that it has anything to do with it, but this was actually the morning of the Odell Beckham trade.
0: It was a busy uh, day for Giants fans.
1: I I missed what you said.
0: I said it was a busy day for Giants fans for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's nonstop. (laughs) Um, But looking back on it, you know, it's funny how this is all coming together. Um, You know, this is before the Odell trade. Not that it's changed. But, you know, most to assume now, all right, well, the Giants have been building around Eli, it seems like, especially for agency. Uh, build so the, the fort. Build, build
0: the fort. Build the fort around Eli. Get that line. Line, line, line. line. Build it so he's got everything. Yeah, yeah? for sure.
1: And, and they're giving him everything. They're, he has everything right now. Well, except for uh, Odell.
0: Except for Odell. He, he lost every, his top every, receiver.
1: Every, everything minus a headache. Everything <laughs> minus a headache is you can argue.
0: Um, Or a number one receiver. I can't, he is missing a number one receiver now. He does not have that. I like Shepard. Ingram's a good target, but he doesn't have a number one receiver.
1: Gosh, if you're Pat Shermer and you're an offensive minded guy and he just wants your number one weapon, you would think he would be distraught about it, but I'm gonna, but he's not at all. No, um,
0: they have weapons. They still have weapons. I mean, I, I don't. I, the people shouldn't just completely ignore they're
1: that. Bringing back the run game. Yeah. they're bringing back the run game.
0: All right, so back to Haskins. Let's go.
1: So, so when I spoke with some people from the Giants at the combine is when it first started because I thought it was a lock and maybe that was poor reporting by me or a poor, a poor understanding of it at the time. I just assumed. Um. And then about a week after the Combine, I just circled back with some people like, so I, you know, what do we think with Haskins, do you guys like them You know, are you, are you just going to go for it, you know, with that six pick? And it was, no, actually. We're not doing a lot of work on him. Um, There doesn't seem to be, they don't, so, so I spoke to a few people, so I'll just kind of quote or paraphrase one. It's like, it just, he doesn't fit with us. He doesn't fit with us. So, Obviously, there's more to this, and and we're hopefully going to find out more soon. But the idea that they're not going after a quarterback at at, at their sixth pick just, again, solidifies that they're not (laughs) giving up on on Eli. And, look, Drew Brees, Tom Brady playing to their 40s, Eli's only 37. You know, comparatively, he's in a good spot.
0: I I honestly think it's more fear. I think it's more fear of getting this decision wrong. Because Eli, let's be honest, even if they love Eli, he's not signed beyond this year. So they really don't have anything beyond this year to Eli. But they, in my opinion, they just don't want to get this decision wrong. And the consequence of that is waffling back and forth and waiting maybe for the perfect guy, right? Just the 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 Andrew Luck to be sitting there at number one overall or the Peyton Manning, who, by the way, had the highest grade of any player that Dave Gettleman has graded in the past, what, 15 years until Saquon Barkley came along and they got the same exact grade. Remember he told us that, by the way, Dave Gettleman?
1: Oh, yeah, touched by the hand of God.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. So to me, it's a little bit more fear of messing it up. And also, and tell me what you think about this theory. I heard the Giants owner, I mean, not owner, uh, general manager and coach sit there and talk, and they talked about movement of quarterback and being able to move around the pocket and not necessarily be able to run, but be able to navigate the pocket and avoid pressure. And that's the one question that people have with Dwayne Haskins. So to me, that might be what they just can't get over, that there's not enough there. There's not enough elusiveness in the pocket. To see a great quarterback. What do you think of that?
1: It doesn't fit with us. It sounds like that aligns. You know, if that's, what, that's the direction of what they're looking for, you know, with a guy, with, with a guy that they would think is a teacher under center. Um, you know, listening to Gediman talk about following that Kansas City model, you know, makes you think he's taking a quarterback, you know, and maybe they'll take it with the picks that they got from, from Cleveland, but. The fact that this is a saturated or defensive saturated draft class, I mean, I think I think we should be pretty confident that they're going to go defense with that pick, and then I think that's um, a safe um, bet at um, this point. And their 16th pick probably go with the quarterback, and and I, I just don't think Haskins will be there anyway. At that point.
0: So wait, you think there's a chance that they go with a different quarterback in the second, the first, second pick of the first round? did I hear that incorrectly? I
1: think they're going to go. Yeah, I think they're going to go for a different quarterback. I, I think they'll go quarterback. I think they're going to draft one. I just don't think it happens. This is not. I was not told that. I was not told that they're definitely going for quarterback with that second pick in the first. I. The, the only information I have at this point is that they're not in on Hopkins. And and Jordan, we've covered this sport long enough to know. That a lot of shade is thrown out there for people like us to talk about, right? And throw throw off other teams, and um, and of course I always push back on that. But when you get when you get a good amount of people that are you know are part of these decisions, you start to realize you're not being lied to. Like this is this is a, this is a feeling felt that throughout the organization because just the amount of work that they're not doing on him tells right. you that they're not that into it.
0: Very interesting. Now, one more interesting thing that's just breaking as we're sitting here taping this. It is now Thursday at like uh 440 at our, our colleague Adam Schefter just reported. Golden Tate is signing with the, the your- Giants. So Golden, Golden Tate wow. is now added to the mix. So let's be honest. Golden Tate's not anywhere near close to Odell Beckham Jr., but the Giants still have decent weapons. And a decent cast around Eli Manning. Now, I mean, you're talking Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and and Saquon Barkley with an offensive line that is improved again. So yeah, I, I their like offense should move. be okay. I, what do you think of that?
1: I really like that move. Look, I thought that the Eagles didn't use Golden Tate to his potential. Like, I I said, I, I thought they misused him because. There were times when they were getting it right last season. I'm like, that's how you use them. That's what you need to do. And, and then they would change up their game plan. Um, I really like that signing. That shocks me because I knew the Patriots were going in hard for him.
0: Again. Yeah. Um, I did. I heard that as well. Again, though, another for the, when you're looking at the Giants and you're trying to find the direction for the organization, again, this is this kind of head scratching now. A 30 year old wide receiver. Right, like I'm sure it's a short-term deal, and there's the Giants aren't going to be committed to Golden Tate for multiple for like three to five years. There's no way, like even if the deal is five years, the Giants will be able to get out of it well before then. Like there's no way that Golden Tate's going to be there when he's 35 years old. But again, like they added Kevin Zeitler, 29 year old top paid guard. They're paying Golden Tate a 30 year old receiver, and like you're wondering, like if you're rebuilding, what? You know, how does this all, where is this organization going? I mean, do, you, well, right do, do now, you see, do you see where, like, where it's all leading? I mean, I'm having trouble. You help me out here.
1: I think just from studying who the decision makers are, I feel like sometimes it's going to go in the past, it's the future. And they've got to be the scout. They love to pick from the draft, they love it. They love He's a tape guy.
0: He's an old school tape scouts. guy.
1: Mhm. Big tape guy, uh, <laughs> and I think by them collecting 13 draft picks, years, he's going to be able to dictate and get what he wants, and and make this giant team his. I think that's the direction by getting rid of the old group, the group that that he took over for. And you know, you you kind of alluded to it before that if it was up to Gannon, he probably would have got rid of Odell before they signed that contract extension, which you know Yeah. Again, that may go down to go down in the league as perhaps one of the worst decisions made in the last <laughs> five years in terms of burning money if I'm John half Twenty
0: one and a half million for twelve games and sixteen million in dead money. Not he ideal.
1: It, if I'm uh, I, 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 And yeah, we, I mean we could talk about that situation for blue in the face. But um yeah, I think I think this is gentlemen yeah, taking it and going, All right, this is how I want to do it. This is how we're going to do it. And he's going to pick these players that he wants. And until they decide that they got the right quarterback, um, I'm not really sure they're going to get it right because they may be building some of these weapons around them. And, you know, we both agree, I think, that they, they need to improve significantly on defense. They subtracted their I, – I, I don't. they may have one of the worst defenses in the league right now.
0: Yeah. yeah, Diana. Oh. Here, here's here's the numbers per Schefter oh, as we ahead. talk here. Four years, thirty seven and a half million for Golden Tate, with twenty three million fully guaranteed. I have to say, I'm a little surprised at that. Twenty three and a half million fully guaranteed is going to guarantee him at least two years with the Giants, and probably partially some of that even guaranteed into like a, a third year is, is possible. So well, again, again, you scratch your head and wonder what's the direction of the franchise. I mean, to me, that you know, that's well, a little strange deal. Your your again, initial that response. Numbers,
1: that number's higher because the Patriots are, we're, were in that race. That's that's what it says to me. Not that the Patriots throw a lot of money at their players, but um, obviously, there's some good negotiating. Because so there's some there's a, there's good numbers for Golden Tate. Really good numbers.
0: Yeah, twenty three um, million is a chunk. That's more than I expected. Yeah, but, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't expect the 23 million deal for her, you know, guaranteed for him.
1: Uh, I, I was thinking maybe a one year deal. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I also total- was thinking maybe, I thought maybe a three year deal, which they can get out of after a year or something. Cause, but yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I mean, for sure. Yeah. No,
1: well, there's your New York Giants offense. Lot them up.
0: I just got a text though, as we're sitting here, and it says, uh, "I will like Golden Tate. He's a, he's a good talker." So, uh, um, is great great is From Your wife, or <laughs> is that from like a source? From a source, I mean, my wife. My, my wife. My wife would have no chance in the world of knowing who Golden Tate was. My wife has no chance in the world of knowing who Nate Solder is. Like zero. I mean, I mean, I. You're, yeah, you're giving my wife way too much credit in regards to sports and football. She has zero interest. She knows Odell, Eli, and Saquon Barkley. I don't think she. I don't even. She would know who uh Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. Doubtful. Doubtful.
1: In uh, it was must have been know, a couple months ago, and no, it was right after the Alex Smith injury. Um, and my mom knows nothing. She can't even name a player. I'm like, pretty <laughs> impressed that your wife can do that. And my mom goes, "Why, why don't why doesn't Washington forget about our deep back? back?" I was like, "Wow, <laughs> I was like, I didn't of that." But no, well, wow. um, but anyway, the NFC is the way we should be. Up, speaking Redskins, you know they're in trouble too. Redskins, you know Washington's in trouble. They, they're, they're they need a receiver as well. Curious if they were in on that golden teeth.
0: Diana, um, look at the I quarterbacks know. in the division. That's that's all you need to know. Look at the quarterbacks in the division. Think about it. Eagles.
1: Hey, Tina.
0: Carson Wentz. Everybody else. Eh. Trouble. I mean, that does, doesn't that tell us pretty much everything we need to know? Yeah.
1: No, no. It is, I don't the, uh, the Eagles are going
0: probably win the division. They're, they got the guy, right? I mean, they have, the, they have the guy quarterback, and the rest of them are still looking for him. All right. We touched on a lot of things. I appreciate it. The great... Diana Rossini. We're going to do this again soon, Ro, right? You call me great. I like it. It makes you feel better. I mean, come on. I, I'm the hype man. I'm everybody, I am I want to be your hy- uh, hype man right here. Contracted negotiations, bring me in. Crazy. Bring me in during it's contract be, negotiations. Okay. You know how great Diana is? She needs a big <laughs> raise. She's the You're best I've summer. ever had on my podcast. <laughs> Seriously. Get out of here, all right. I appreciate it. You know, Thanks, you know, Diana. It, gentlemen, that's
1: what, that's what you sound
0: like. You're like the Dave Doom of podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good thing. On to the next one. <laughs> Let's finish off this great episode. Uh, obviously, that's a personal opinion with a little Jordan on the beat. You got to think of some other questions, my goodness. And uh, you know, I tell you a little bit what it's like to be the Giants reporter. And what it's like to work for ESPN and be in this job and how things kind of work and go down. So let me tell you about this Odell Beckham Jr. deal a little bit. Because that's the primary focus of this episode. You hear so much chatter and so many rumors and people reaching out to you and telling you stuff day after day after day. And you're hearing all these rumors about trades and so many of them turn out to not be true. And we're hearing that, you know, Gettleman and... Shermer are on board with making a move, but convincing ownership might not be easy. And so, you know, the day the deal went down, I had somebody tell me, "Yeah, hey, I heard something about a first-round pick, and the Giants want a safety with it from Cleveland, the the safety, which meant Jabril Peppers because he's the only young safety on their roster that would make sense. And I was like, okay, you know, you know, vet it out, and you, this is what you do a lot. Your job is to vet stuff and determine whether it's true or not. And I fell victim on this one to the boy that cried wolf. Because after so many times, I was beat down, I think. And I'm thinking, eh, you know, we'll, we'll see. And I looked into it a little bit and it didn't appear like anything was happening. And then someone else calls me later and we're talking about the same thing. And we hang up the phone and five minutes later, boom. That deal does happen. Odell Beckham Jr., a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers. And you're sitting to yourself, darn it. You know, I, I, somebody told me about it earlier, just couldn't, couldn't nail down that it was true or didn't believe it. And the boy that cried wolf bit me on this one. And those things happen all the time. I mean, cause you hear so many things going on and it's hard because a lot of it's just gossip and rumor mongering going on. And it spreads to this person and this person and this person. And your job is to go to try and find out if it's true and talk to the right people. And this time I didn't, I wasn't able to do it wasn't able to find out that it was true. A couple people downplayed it to me, and there you go. Next thing you know, Odell's traded. So that's part of the job. That's part of the gig. Mike Garofalo, NFL Network, did a, does a great job. He's the one who nailed that one down. Kudos to him. Great work, because that's a pretty, pretty, pretty big one. That was the worst Larry David impression you're ever going to hear. And with that... That's the end of this Breaking Big Blue episode. I'm your host, Jordan Ron. Remember, subscribe, like, comment on iTunes, listen to us on the ESPN app, on Google Play, put us on your podcaster, and make sure you tell your friends we need to grow this podcast. Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants Reporter. See you next time.